Um, no, it's just insane to me to live in a world where, where there's just nothing. There are these factions and no amount of facts will sway either of them from their. Well, we can talk about that. I think that's an angle we can talk about. Um, But we are talking about it. Are we recording? (laughs) You were recording. Oh, I didn't know you started. Uh, It's it's, it's my best chance of catching you in one of your racist tirades. Oh, that's so easy to do. Um, You and your George Soros. Just turn on the camera in my my computer at any time, and it's just. That's right. Just. Yeah, you want to you want to tell people what they're uh, listening to? Um, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, Josh and da- we're Josh and Dave. First of all, that's correct. Good, good. And it's I know it's your first time. Called the audit, and we're on uh, the lever. That is correct. Or the lever? Did we figure that out? The lever. I call it the lever. You see those fools at the back of the class They don't care about grades or if they pay or pass They ain't here to learn, they're just here for laughs They take your homework just to tear it in half If you want blood, you got it You trap a keeper out on it Give me a crap, I'll blot it This ain't the tension, baby, this is the What is it? Sorota had some other idea way back when. They were like, it was a really good one. I don't remember what. And he was like, I don't know, it's either that or this. And I was like, everyone's going to call it the lever. And he goes, no, they won't. I I vowed from that moment on that I would just call it the lever. Sure. So, uh, yes, you are this. uh, If you want to support us, a few ways you can do it. Do it now before we start talking because we're probably going to alienate a few of you in the next few minutes. Um, We have a change cup. But go to uh, levernews.com slash audit, and uh, that way you can uh, support the incredible investigative journalism done by the lever, and you can get our bonus content as well, which uh, this week is particularly tasty. We'll tell you about that later, unless you're actually listening to the subscribers episode. And you can also go to our tip jar, uh, which will take you to our Venmo page. It's also at uh, levernews.com slash audit, or you can go directly to Venmo. We are at the audit under businesses. Follow us on Twitter at the audit podcast. Email us the audit podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Russia. Yeah. Here's the thing. Love it. Here's the thing. No, what I, we're debating whether or not to discuss this. And, and I think Dave's right. It doesn't, it doesn't make much difference, but at the same time, I, it does make a difference. I mean, we are living in a time where there are, it, and this is the way, man. It's like the the hardcore, absolutely cartoonishly bonkers people enable enable the almost equally insane folks who don't think lizard people are selling babies out of the basement of pizza parlors. They are. 
because you go, no, I'm not crazy. I don't believe that lizard people are selling babies, by the way, for sexual purposes, of course, uh, out of the right. basement of a pizza parlor. Therefore, well, I am not I insane. I just believe that somehow Vladimir Putin figured out how to overturn the results of an American presidential election by using tweets or something. Um, he funded some social media and did some stuff. He did some, yeah, there's other right. stuff. Yeah. And look, here's the thing. I don't Telephone know why calls. people just can't. I don't, like, I don't know why people just can't live here and go, oh, Americans could do that. Like, I've never yeah. get over the fact that we're like, we're, we've done it to a million countries. We can do it to ourselves. Why, why do they always need an outside bad guy when all the bad people are Americans? <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, there was, and then, you know, a couple months ago, there was, what is it, NYU's uh, Center for Social Media and Politics. Um, not exactly one of your more right-wing Trump-loving organizations, did this massive report, and they, they basically, you can actually prove this shit with data, that the overwhelming, it was like 99% of the online stuff, the Twitter, Facebook shit, that, that allegedly, at one point, people now pretend they never believed this, but at one point was alleged to have changed the outcome of the election, um, was yeah. seen, 99% of it was seen only by people who already hated Hillary Clinton and supported Donald Trump. Right. It doesn't change and minds. It's just it's, another it's, thing. It's yeah, exactly. And then also the notion that everything else on Twitter and Facebook was perfectly reasonable and above board, but somehow Russia was, <sighs> was putting out Russia was disinformation the- via tweets and there that stuff was actually altering hearts and minds was so, it was so transparently bonkers as was the idea I'm Vladimir Putin. I figured out a way to uh, install my own puppet as president of the United States. I think I would choose someone who's not a complete moron who can't keep his fucking mouth shut for five seconds. Yeah. The guy has something wrong with his brain. Like he's not the guy that you pick to do whatever it is. I think was done. Also, I remember reading, I'll never forget reading this story. I think it was out of Moldova, Moldova, Moldova. Uh huh. And it was just a bunch of fucking guys who lived in a factory town. The factory closed. They needed something to. Make oh, this is a great started, article. Yeah. It's a great article. And I started and he, they just started fucking making up fake bullshit online and getting paid to do it. And they were like, you know, drinking Cristal and driving BMWs around this little tiny, uh, town, yes. uh, this little tiny dead factory town. What was that? Was that like yeah, the intercept or something? Where was it? It was a great article. I feel like it was, it wasn't the intercept. It was something else. It may even have been a print uh, magazine. It, Fuck. It was yeah. uh it was really good and it's it's really more what it is. Just some fucking guy trying to make some money. Like that's where that's where all the misinformation comes with, with the vaccines. All the misinformation is coming from some guy who's got a grift. Like it's all this shit is, you know? Uh, like to think that there's some giant state and then to think that there's a giant state behind it and your first thought isn't oh well that would be nefarious american uh organizations like the cia or uh fucking whatever david brock is up to at this moment like uh, you know that's who these that's who they are that's what they've always done they've been doing that for decades they're just doing it now on social media like it's all i can just never get past that how people always want it to be this i remember saying like Someone was like, Putin's the most evil man in the world. And I was like, well, the Cokes have killed more people. 
Yeah. And they're like, no, they haven't. And I'm like, absolutely. The Kochs are the reason that the Republicans stopped uh, supporting um, reducing CO2. Like it was the Koch brothers. Right. And that's the, the, the level of death they already have on their hands is astounding because of how many people die from, you know, that pollution every year. Like, and you're just like, there are evil people here. We have many evil people in America if you can't see that by now, I don't know what to tell you. And I, I just cannot comprehend how people just need an outside. It's like, I remember that, that outside thing. That's like when, when there was that shooting in Riverside and it was like, they're too, they look like they're from the middle East and all these people are flipping out. Like that was somehow worse than a homegrown shooter. And I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's the guy yeah. with a gun shooting yeah. people. Like, yeah. what are you doing? It's just also fucking bizarre. But Russia was the Russia thing was like I mean I, I completely understand Donald Trump was an upending of the norms for a lot of people the, yes, the notion could not, that he could possibly dis- win yeah go ahead I would disagree because we did Reagan already once yeah but but Reagan, Reagan at least a, presented well he got this is the thing he we, got on camera oh, and he was genial and he said the nice things you know yeah, Donald Trump he, just says insane thought, shit but now you're misremembering because. If you paid attention to the news, you knew he didn't know where he was most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very he different situation. He thought he was a character in a fucking yes. movie. Yes. Like, he he was batshit fucking crazy. Yes. And those of us who paid attention were like, this is insane. Yeah. This is completely But insane. he presented, he could go on TV, he could talk for, you could watch 1,800 hours of Ronald Reagan, and, and he would come across as a bit dotty. And if you didn't apply it to an understanding of any reality, if you didn't get that he's lying through his teeth, that these policies are murderous and racist, the guy seems genial. Trump comes on and he is what he appears to be. He says insane shit. He contra- contradicts himself constantly. He's like, he's telling people in an audience to like, you know, go, go beat the shit out of somebody. I mean, it's just overt. And people were appalled by that. The same people. Democrats even who will embrace, oh, well, I didn't love Reagan or I didn't agree with all his policies, but he was a good man. No one says that about Not Trump. Not at all. No one says that about Trump. And he he broke their brains somehow. And because he just exposed how cartoonish the whole thing was. And we now live in a world where I have to follow it up by saying, I hate Donald Trump in case you don't understand what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so does Dave. We hate well, him. It's so funny when you, if you criticize uh, Democrats, someone's like, "Oh, you're MAGA." And like, no, I'm not MAGA. I'm just yeah. like I'm. I, I look at your party that you love so much, and I see now today. I see Nancy Pelosi's daughter is propping up uh, propping Feinstein, up Feinstein, who is, Yes, it was essentially a, a potato at this point, and you're keeping her in office. And meanwhile, we're losing judges. We're losing uh, again. Once again, we're losing all of this important shit. Because you have one person you want to put in a place, and they want that to be. Yeah, they Adam want Schiff. they want Adam Schiff to want, take her job. They don't want the black woman who was right about Iraq. You don't want that woman in there. You want one another one of your fucking dumb assholes to be in office that is a cookie cutter corrupt piece of shit. He's just straight out of Boeing. That guy. That's that's what he is. And it's just like. You know, For that, people who don't know or haven't read this thing, the the, the 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 what seems to be going on is. The Democratic establishment is propping up um, um, Feinstein so she can make it through her term, and then they can run Adam Schiff, who's the party 
the, the one the party wants. If she has to well, drop not, out, the governor appoints somebody, and they're going to appoint someone who's not Adam Schiff, who is in fact. I, I, I would to, disagree with you that it's but, a Democratic Party. I would say it's a sect within the Democratic Party. Yeah, okay, yeah. People within the Democratic, Democratic leadership, because, however you want to. Because yeah. they're trying to stop Newsom from picking a black woman. That's what Correct. they're doing. So it's a very who is, by the way, their stepson and stepbrother. Like it's a fucking family matter. Uh, but yeah, they're so it's the old the old people in the Democratic Party are really, really one of the biggest problems that this country has ever fucking had. The they are disturbingly fucking everything up on a level that has I don't know if it's ever been done. Because we're talking about climate change, we're talking about yep. COVID, we're talking about fucking all this shit. They are fucking everything up completely. That's another uh, example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and Schiff's just a perfect example of I mean, he spent, you know, he built a career by waving around a list he'd never show you of all the all the all the proof he had of Russiagate that we still haven't seen. And now there's a Durham report not, and does, I mean, did he, he have a we list never, that he we didn't show people? Oh, he was constantly going, We I have I have evidence, you know, we have there's things you haven't seen yet. You know, there are fifty seven communists in the United States Senate. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's so good. Also, like, if, like if there is a guy who uh, is from Southern California, and within his district are Boeing and Raytheon, then anything he says about foreign anybody to make them seem bad is so he can get paid, and they can get paid. It's about cash and checks for those companies. And when you and when you keep screaming Russia is interfering, you're getting money. Exactly. But it's interesting. So this Durham report drops that um, we've been waiting on for years, or we, they, uh, special counsel, and basically concludes that the uh, FBI shouldn't have launched a full investigation into connections between Trump's campaign and Russia in the 2016 election. And um, some people lost their mind. I was amazed to see. I mean, you're seeing something like, did you, uh, uh, like, here's here's Jake well, Tappert. First did you see all, Jake Tappert? No. Here we go. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped, and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI, and to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. So, of course, Keith Olbermann I mean, wants him fired. <laughs> first of all, I would. Does he really? Yeah, I mean, but that, that's a, that's I, I a would, fascinating acknowledgement from someone in his position. I would just like to point out, I'm of the opposite viewpoint. I think the invest the FBI should be investigating every politician all the time. <laughs> that's, just me, that's that should be their every job every single fucking one that should be like, their literally should just job. investigate every single one of them i'll go a step further i think hoover was onto something he just should have gone farther i think they should be sending anonymous letters to every politician urging themselves to commit suicide <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah i mean look there there there's no there's no truth anymore right so you can't because, because you okay. So, what's the first thing that they say? Well, that special prosecutor was appointed by Trump. Is that the first thing that right? Came, yeah. That, yeah, of course. Like, so there's no there's no basis in anything anymore because they can just go like, well, that's not that because of this. You know, it's just like uh, you know, you t we live in a world now where people like masks don't work. Like, it's just just basic yeah. shit that's just like not even. Like it's just crazy that anybody would believe that, and yet there's a massive group of people out there. It's just very. Was your, was it, there's one article that people are taking to say masks don't work, and within that article, is it there a, a section that says, "By the way, this should not be taken <laughs> to it's, assert it's that masks don't work." It's a Cochrane study, and it and it basically said it, it's basically mostly pre-COVID two 
two of the studies are are after COVID started. And basically the point of it is like, we don't think mask mandates work, but this is before the pandemic. So, (coughs) you know, that could have changed. It's not at no point does it say masks don't work. Right. But that's like the one source of this thing. And yeah, um, so they're all, I I wish, I just wish I lived in a world where all this stuff could be, Assessed reasonably and with skepticism by all. Josh, that's why we have Snopes.com, a couple in Florida <laughs> who apparently cool. are the arbiters of truth. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Look, at the end of the day, when the printing press came out, it led to just yeah, turmoil just- all over the world because people could not handle that access of information, that much information. Too many books. And they believe stuff that was just printed. And now it's the same thing happening with the internet. People just believe whatever they see, uh, particularly older people. Like if it's in print, it's got to be real. Uh, so you're just living with this just mass chaos. Like no one's been educated on, like one of the classes they should be taught in schools now is how to process information. Mm. That should be taught in schools. Just like how to deal with your your finances and credit and all that stuff should be taught in school. None of this is taught in school. So you have people that just can't function out there. They're not able to like discern actual news from not real news. And then also on top of that, like, you know, we're talking about this story. I, I'll never forget. I've wanted to do a dollop on it. But like every single day when this Russia shit was going on, a big story would come out. And then three days later, it would be proven false. And it was just a pattern that went on for months. Big groundbreaking story. Three days later, yeah, that didn't actually happen. And it was just the relentlessly- walls are closing in. <laughs> that was the line. That yeah, was the line. But it was man. <laughs> it was just relentless over and over again and to the point that it was just laughable. I'd I read a story and go, I wonder when this is going to be, you know, dismissed. And it always would be. It was just like clockwork. Yeah. But the thing that they put out there first is always the thing that everybody. It's the same thing with COVID. It's the same thing with climate change. They drop a big story and then everyone believes it. And then three days later, people go, no, that's not what's happening, but it's too late. It was just, it was bizarre and people seem to have memory hold it. And I don't know, I almost want to write a movie or something set in this brief era, but at the peak of it, it was almost like you couldn't go outside. I couldn't be around most people in, in my own industry because All they wanted to talk about was this stuff and they devoted so much time to reading all this shit. And, you know, they would, they would rewatch Rachel Maddow's episode each night over and over. And they had their own language. I mean, my God, it was like, if you could go five minutes without hearing the word compromat in, you know, 2017, <laughs> it was a blessed relief. And I remember going out to lunch with, with two friends in the business. We were talking about a project and, and they just spent half an hour talking about this stuff. And I, I, it was insane. At one point they just like, Oh yeah, Josh, Josh doesn't believe in this shit. Ho, 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 ho. And then they go back to, you know, uh, look, a lot of people learned a lot of Russian. I guess that's an upside, but I mean, it's uh, so, it was it's so crazy. You know, the, it's so detailed. It seems real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's way more complicated than anything we're saying here. It's way more complicated. It requires oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you, it requires you to dive in and, and do all this gibberish. And I guarantee and, you there's, people listening right now who think we're crazy right Absolutely. oh no there's people there's people stopped listening five minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but you it's, can't say but you still look at people that you know and you go and i've seen like journalists who i think are good yeah. journalists like they yeah. are totally tied up in this stuff and you 
And if you say to people there, it's like saying vaccines don't work. Yeah. Like it's the same thing to them. Like they just hear this and they go, Oh, this guy's a conspiracy nut. And it's just, it's just wild to live in this. Like, I don't like, I don't know where this goes because it's just, you know, I, I lost, like there were people I, w- I was, you know, somewhat friends with, with the Russia thing. And then like one comedian was calling me a Russian puppet. And I was just like, <laughs> why, why? It's cause I, it's cause I supported Bernie. And I'm just like, it's cause he right. aligns with my ideals more than anybody else. That's actually why I support them. Not because Putin has been feeding me information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just so fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's and the, the weird thing too is the stuff gets debunked, but it sort of gets, you know, they stop talking about it, and slowly the stories in the mainstream media will change to adapt. And it was like a year ago, the Washington Post did a quiz. You can you can Google it, look it up on conspiracy theories. And it was just an article yeah. about how many Americans believe them, and they had a little quiz, and it would be like, you know, is this they give you this story, and you could which one is true, which one isn't. And one of them was uh, Russian collusion um, helped Donald Trump uh, get elected president in 2016. And if you agreed with it, the Washington Post, you would click on it and they go, nope, they actually didn't. This is just a conspiracy theory. You're wrong. They sort of buried it. After years of pushing this stuff, they're like, they're slowly erasing it and slowly sort of like, (laughs) yeah, we never believed that. Uh, yeah, but what are you going to do? Like they, they were one of the perpetrators of it. It's just like yeah. the Iraq war, you know, it's just like, then they all go about their business as if they didn't yeah. do anything. No one's, terrible. no one's really like, held accountable. It's, uh, yeah. And you're like, well, I don't know why anybody doesn't believe anything the media says. Like, it's just yeah. like, well, cause it's a fucking shit show. Like it's a total disaster. It's, it's hard to like, like the people who read the New York times, are some of the most ill-informed people about COVID in the country. Yeah. Because you have just, you have just, just people, the people that write there are just fountains of unscientific nonsense. Like one of the main COVID writers is a, is an economics guy. Like it's just, you know, so who, what's your source? Who do you, you have to like pick journalists that you trust all from all over the news and kind of stick with them and not have like one, like I think the lever the lever does a really good job. Um, yep. I, I get asked, I was like, "Well, where do you get your news?" And it's a really tough one to answer. It's like, well, I track a bunch of fucking journalists on, right. on social media who I have come to trust. By the way, not on everything. I don't agree with not them on everything. everything. And At there's all. and you also learn how to read with skepticism. You also learn yeah. how to check in on stories a few days later to see if they're still being reported the same way. And you realize it's fucking work, man. You know, it is work. we are, we are, we yeah. are paid slackers. You and I, we have jobs that allow a certain amount of time, at least for, you know, extended periods Yeah, where you can do this. If you're trying to work two jobs and, and raise a family, it's like, I don't even know how you have time to watch half an hour of TV news, let alone parse well, it, track it, also, verify it's, you don't want to like, you don't want your off time to be trying to figure out what's going on because no one's saying anything that's truthful. Like, like that's, that's just a lot of work to have to, and you just want to go home and hang out with your fucking family or your dog or whatever. Like I get, you know, I get it. And, but it's amazing when I talk to people and I'm just like, no one knows anything about like, cause I can have tons of time to read this shit yeah. and yeah. nobody else does, you know? I mean, it's, 
I, I, and who knows where it goes from here. The, the Russia thing is especially just like, like, I just can't believe that there's people that just still dug in on this thing. I would love to do, you know, like I said, I would love to do a dollop and just go through it day by day and, and break down how many of day by day of Russia gate. Yes. From the minute that's a separate podcast that would run for five years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know, but you could just do the bigger ones and you would go insane. Uh, yeah, you would go insane because <laughs> you go insane. I, I mean, yeah, the 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 number of like also like so you believe the Russia stuff's true. Like I get you like you get this with other subjects where people are like, "Well, don't do that because that's not the truth." And you're and now you undermine people who are telling the truth and it's like, "Well, why don't you do that on RussiaGate?" Because mm-hmm. so many of those stories were so batshit fucking crazy and not true, but everybody just jumped on every single one. There was no point. And usually where unverified. Like, unverified. Always. Un- it that was always was unverified. The thing. It was, yeah. And so now you have an FBI guy or, or sorry, special prosecutor who's like, yeah, this isn't a thing. And people are like, yeah, but where'd you come from? And I just, at that point, you just totally, you have to like totally check out of this shit and just let them run off and scream about their thing. Plus, what does it matter anymore? Yeah, but you're a sweetheart, Dave. I hold a grudge. I just think of all the people who screamed at me that I was a Russian yeah. asset, and I just, I, I, you know, it's like, motherfucker. Can you imagine me would... not holding a grudge? <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was weird, because I remember watching this. I remember, like, a report a couple days after the 2016 election on CNN, and I, I, I've been trying to find this video forever, and I, and I can't, but it is in this book, at least. Um. It was just sort of like, yeah, the Clinton team got together and they decided that they're going to make Russia the focus of the whole thing. And I'm watching, I'm going, what the fuck? And now, uh, you know, a a few months later, there's going to be, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to read it. There's a book called Shattered Inside Hillary Clinton's Doomed Campaign by Jonathan Allen and Amy Parnes, who are, uh, obviously they're both with Newsmax and they didn't, no, they're New York Times reporters. Um, that's a really interesting breakdown of the Clinton campaign, which was catastrophic. You want to blame someone for losing to Donald Trump, try blaming the campaign that lost to him. Cause that was just astonishing. That would make a good TV movie. Uh, but here it is. The strategy had been set within 24 hours of her concession speech. Mook and Podesta assembled her communications team at the Brooklyn, Brooklyn headquarters to engineer the case that the election wasn't entirely on the up and up. For a couple of hours, with Shake Shack containers littering the room, they went over the script they would pitch to the press and public already. Russian hacking was the centerpiece of the argument. And here we are now in 2023. At least they've stopped using the word hacking. So we're used to describe it as hacking the election, <laughs> yeah. which implied to people that Russia was just, you know, that Putin was just sitting there flipping switches and turning yes votes yeah. to no, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's broad daylight. Cause, cause you can't stand, right, you know, yeah, you right lost you. twice to people you think it's you the, should have beaten. It's the simplest explanation. Someone fucked up and covered their ass. That's all they yeah. were doing. They yeah. ran a terrible campaign. They completely fucked up. It was embarrassing on so many fucking levels yeah. and they didn't even go to States to try to get, you know, uh, votes. They just didn't go. They went to States that are Republican to camp. Like it was just a shit show of a campaign and they realized they fucked up and they went, who can we, who can we bl- oh russia you can always blame russia yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you know it's, that's it's the simplest plus it gives you an excuse to sort of not only call your opponents your political opponents like liars you can actually call them you know assets of a foreign government which yeah they which did routinely loves. um 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll never get over it. watching Joanne Reed try to paint uh, the ADOS movement, um, American defendants, Afri- African defendants, American defendants of descendants of slaves, um, which actually knows some of the people involved at the top as being Russian assets. Because uh, here are, you know, a bunch of black folks who are uh, standing pretty far to the left of the Democratic establishment. So how about we how about we call them Russians? Uh, it was, it was brutal. It's funny. This is a Never. random thought. And it's just, I've been thinking of it a lot lately. It's like, as, as a kid, when this song came out, I was always baffled by the lyric in the BG staying alive. Do you remember the, we can try to understand the New York times effect on man. And, mm. and now here I sit spending an extraordinary amount of time trying to understand the New York times effect on persons it's very persons. it's a very fascinating uh thing because i have you know liberals in my family and and the new york times is the the ultimate source and if you try to counter it they just think you're crazy and you want to go like do you remember the iraq war yeah do you remember any of this stuff does that any of that stuff ring a bell like the New York Times has a horrendous track record of just. It ain't just, good. It ain't good. But there's some good. good there's some good reporting in there sometimes, and it's like you you can't just yeah. ignore it, and you have to learn how to. Uh, it's a nightmare. Um, speaking of up is down and down is up, why don't let's 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 get into this week's. This is a fun one, because uh, Dave and I have wanted to do something on this guy for a long time, and you wouldn't think the Prager you would be an excuse. But it kind of is. Um, there's an extraordinary number of videos on the PragerU website that show clips of Bill Maher, who because they really, really like. So we yeah. wanted to talk about the huh. Prager-Bill <laughs> Maher intersection, and we brought in a guest. Uh, he's some guy Dave vouches for him. Uh, you want you want to tell him a little bit about Gary? Uh, Gareth Reynolds is a uh, podcaster, uh, American actor and writer. And uh, he, uh, <clears throat> he's my co-host. And the one thing I can never understand about him is how every week he watches <laughs> Real Time with Bill Maher. Every week. Uh, he hate watches it, which is, I th- yeah. think, the only, the only way to watch healthy it. thing to do. But if yeah, you have he, to watch it. He watches it every week, every week. And he just hates everything that comes out of his mouth. But, um, you know, some people put them. Th- I, I watched... Uh, I watched Ali McBeal because I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. So, I mean, I get it, you know, I get it. Yeah. And I just watched, uh, I just watched the Star Trek uh, Discovery. So everyone needs to give me some props for watching terrible stuff also. Uh, by the way, Dave, you seem to have uh, traumatically erased the fact you've also seen every episode minus one of uh, the West Wing. I try not to think about that. <laughs> You know, sometimes you're, you're, uh, you're, you yourself block out these things to keep your sanity. Yeah. You know, it's just like at the end of MASH when he's, uh, you know, was it a chicken? No, it wasn't a chicken, was it? (laughs) (laughs) But just one tidbit before we go, uh, because I hope, I hope all of our listeners for the West Wing have come over. I know a lot of them have. Uh, Aaron Sorkin was, um, uh, did an interview this past week, um, on the writer's strike in which this time, unlike the last time he refrained from bad mouthing the union at all, and mostly talked about AI in a way that kind of sounded like my grandfather talking about it, or at least my dad. <laughs> and, um, but my favorite moment in it is where he, he basically, 
he said he didn't really have anything to worry about because there was no way AI could ever write a West Wing episode. <laughs> you could, I honestly, that is one of the first. I have a pocket that calculator that could write a West Wing episode. Yeah, I mean, you could honestly feed that into AI and, and crank out a script so fast. <laughs> Anyway, here's here's our buddy Gareth, my sister wife, and uh, our Prayer You episode uh, on Bill Maher. If you finally had enough of hippie college left wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. It's not me who's changed. It's the left. Yes. That's, um, that's our subject this week. <laughs> On PragerU. You know what's astonishing? First of all, uh, Dave, do you want to introduce? I don't know this guy. We have a guest. Gareth is uh, my co-host on my better podcast called The Dollop. Eesh, this is uh, no, I'm the reason that I'm other better. podcast is better is because on that podcast, my other co-host is better than this one. That is mm. crazy what's happening. I remain the same. I'm a, I'm a constant. Uh, so you, you suck up the place on both of them and then the other. Correct. <laughs> really? Um, I always, always try to be nicer, nicer <laughs> to the guests. When there's right. another guest on mine and Gareth's podcast, then I act like Gareth, Gareth is the problem. Yeah, it's really God. weird to be in this position. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, Gareth, don't get it's, it's lovely to have you, my friend. It, I um, feel like when Dave's dad before. probably hugged him. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been doing some heavy stuff lately, and we thought it'd be fun, hopefully. Although, I don't know, it's going to get pretty dark here to kind of lighten it up. But one of the things that really dazzled me um, that I discovered, because we go through, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these goddamn PragerU videos. <laughs> And we wanted to break them up, and you've been listening, you know, by theme. And then we try to bring in someone who's, you know, conversant or even expert on that said theme. You know, race, world history. We've got some good ones coming up, too. And um, I was startled to find that an extraordinary number of these things featured Bill Maher. Not working for Prager U, but they love to run clips of him and not to bag on him either. That's the interesting thing. We're going to get into it. And Dave and I have always wanted to do one on Bill Maher for reasons that should become clear if they aren't already. And we are like, we should do an episode on this. We should talk about these friggin' Bill Maher videos. Who, who can we get in? Who's, who's an expert? And Dave goes, Gareth. So one of you guys want to tell our listeners why, why Gareth why that is. is next. Are you going to out yourself here? Yeah, I mean, I for what I I my my buddy uh, Luke was saying to me the other day when I I can't remember what it was that I was going to watch, but he was like, "Do you ever watch things that you like?" And um, <laughs> and I was just like, I thought about it. And I'm like, not that often. Most things I watch, I hate, and and real time <laughs> has remained a constant. But it's funny because I used to like Bill Maher. And then while mm-hmm. I started to grow disdainful towards Bill Maher, I still kept watching. And I've watched pretty much the whole time. And now I watch and I just, you know, I'm like, 
just like an old man who wants to throw his his sneaker at the TV. I just sit there and I'm just like, what the fuck is he talking about? Like, he's so <laughs> gone. He's so out of touch. He's just become, it's become ludicrous. It's and astonishing. I've watched him chastise his audience into always applauding for what he says. They used to be like skeptical of things. Now his audience... <laughs> Everyone just feels like they have to laugh and have to clap like they're just trained seals waiting for fish. Do you because I, I to me, it's to me, it's uh, unbelievable that you watch it every week just because of how me too. Like, I think it's I I think it's gotten exceptionally worse over the years. Yes. Like, I, I, I always found him grating. I've never found him to be funny. I don't think he's funny. I've met him personally. He's he was a dick. I think he's not a nice person. Um, but I also think that he doesn't have the charismatic personality that a lot of comedians do have. I watched him perform in clubs. I did not think of much of him then. And I think that he only got where he is because he had a show on in which he allowed other people to come on and be the entertainment. And he was sort of the, the circus ring. Yeah. It wasn't know, a terrible guy. idea, especially politically incorrect when he did. It so wasn't that. a terrible idea. You know, and um, but it also it also wasn't what was interesting about it is it was it was just laying there. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't like the twist ending of Sixth Sense. It was like, hey, you know, we should do a show where we get a bunch of interesting people and some entertainers and let them sit around and talk about it. Well, By the, way, the way talk shows used to work back. Okay, in the but hold day. on, hold on, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. quite. Because what did he? What little clip did you play of him? What did he say? <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't changed. The left changed. Okay, what was the name of his show? Politically incorrect. Right. His entire show was based on the yeah. backlash to political correctness, which he had to endure in comedy clubs. And I apparently he's forgotten that, that, that this is what the left has been doing, which is telling people who they find offensive that they find them offensive and telling them to shut up. That's that's what he's talking about with a yeah, lot of his. The now left, it's called real time. Stuff. Dave. That was the name of a show. Now it's real time. <laughs> so no, you're we, saying this has been going on forever. The thing if is, you are if if you are a comedian, yeah. nothing has changed. This this was here in the early '90s when I started, especially where I'm from, San Francisco. This has always been here. The, guys like Bill Maher have always been complaining about it. He has never not complained. The only difference is now there's more people that can talk to you. There's millions of yeah, people on Twitter that can yell at you as opposed to just going into the punchline in San Francisco and hearing a couple audience members yell at you. Now it's just a giant wave of now you find out how many people really don't agree with you and you don't like it. That's, that's what the deal is. So, well, I would say also it's like, for me, it's almost like his, he, he has, he, he has stayed the same. And which is like he's just been yeah. like a classic yeah, Democrat kinda. the whole time. And personally, as I've been watching the show, I've gone so much further to the left and I've just watched him. And he's also so rich. You just keep watching people who are so rich wonder why people are upset. Like it's like when Rob Reiner's like, guys, the, uh, the vote is obvious. It's like for you, for you, it's obvious. <laughs> yeah there's also there was no functioning left really um yeah back when when he was starting out so right. you know it was yeah yeah but um 
Yeah, it's just interesting because all of these things, the pattern is uh, the same. The same thing. It's they show uh, they show a clip of him, and we're going to play a few of these ranting and raving, and then one of PragerU's uh, amazing commentator commentators comes in and and goes, <laughs> "Yeah, see, see what see what this this." noted liberal icon or leftist icon or, you know, what have you. But I want to like, let's pick up where we left off. Cause I want to hear all of these, these rants that Bill does, but uh, what he says in this one is, is particularly telling and the audience's response is wild. It's not me who's changed. It's the left who is now made up of a small contingent who've gone mental and a large contingent who refused to call them out for it. But I will. That's why I'm a hero at Fox these days. <laughs> Which shows just how much liberals have their head up their ass. Because if they really thought about it, they would have made me a hero on their media. So, okay, stop. Is he, stop. No, we're just so, clips here. So he's serious. Yeah, he's serious. So uh, just so everybody knows, liberals are constantly calling out the left. Yeah. Go read uh, Chait. Go read Iglesias. Go read all the liberal writers are constantly telling the left, to shut up, just like Bill Maher is right here. He's acting like he's all alone and liberals aren't saying this. This is Obama came out during BLM and like put the kibosh on that. Like that's what they do. That's what they're yeah. doing. So uh, it, it's a very, but he wants to put himself out like, I'm the only guy who can say yeah. it. And it's like, no, yeah. tons of people are saying. Yeah, he gives, tons the, of game, he gives the game away a little bit because he's talking, yeah. he makes it about himself, which is just like... <laughs> You should be celebrating me on MSNBC. That's why Fox News loves me. (laughs) He, uh, it's interesting though, because remember he did that thing about nine eleven that that got him in deep water, and he said sincerely, "Yeah, he was completely right about how, like, yeah, people keep calling these people cowards. They are not cowards." And oh, how dare you? And he clearly, he's the kind of person uh, we all know. One or two people like this, I'm sure, uh, who enjoyed that. He enjoyed the heat. Yeah. Yes. And and the notoriety and everything else. And it was like, yeah, you're actually being a truth teller on media. Bill Martyr. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to coast on that. And it's like, sorry, saying something like that shortly after 9-11, eh, that, that takes a certain amount of, especially in that environment. But, yeah. you know, ah, the left is out of its mind. Not the same thing. And he seems very annoyed that he's not getting the same response. But. Yeah, I think you're right. He, I think he is annoyed. He's not getting the same response. It's really yeah. upsetting him. But he feeds this kind of self righteousness that you see so often on on, on on all sides, I guess. But it's really like, yeah, I told them, yeah, well, hey, Alexandra, because you could yeah, go back and learn something before you tell me what to do. His bubble is just. It's. I mean, you. This is what happens. Is like you get your bubble, and you get enough money. And you fortify it with, you know, and he's got his audience and he's got his producers. Even when you watch Bill Maher's show, I swear to God, there is a laugh stoker, a guy who's probably one of his writers yeah. who stands in the back and almost like an applause sign gives the big yeah, belly laughs when they should come out and other people oh, know sure. then to laugh. And he he's just surrounded by that. And so he's he does feel abandoned by people because people have abandoned him because he's a fucking rich dick, you know, but he, he frames it as the, the, 
I'm the resistance. You're, you know, you just aren't resisting properly. And it's like, dude, like when during during yeah. when they when people weren't allowed to shoot their shows in studio, Bill Maher's version of the at home show was by far the worst version. They all were garbage, but his. Oh, what did he do? I never dude, saw it. What he, was his? He, his monologue was on. Like, first of all, he would show off his house, and it was just like Jesus Christ. And then he would do his monologue like in a gazebo, and he would cut in old footage, old movie footage of like people applauding, like as a bit. But it was, <laughs> it was just, it was horrendous. It was like really the worst one. Not like I said, like. It was awkward for all of them, but his was by far the biggest swing and miss. And a lot wow. of times he would just be like in a tree, just he he is just full of the bravado of this guy who believes that he's never wrong. And in his little world, he is never wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you 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 get to like you can be a super popular comedian and tour theaters. That's 2000 people. So all you need is 2000 people in a city that you go to once every 18 months. And then you think you're hot shit. Yeah. But that's just 2000 people in a city of a million. You're not actually. So you can really sort of crank up the ego and think you're this amazing thing. And you're really not like most people don't. There are people who like love it. them. I mean, there are definitely yeah. people. There who are, there are, there boomers, are people who, you know, but there's Josh there that that's a shrinking, shrinking group of people uh, yeah, and where dying. he's picking yes. them up is yeah. on the right. He's and I think people. he's also, yeah, yeah he, it's a lot of the, the, you know, he talks about how he goes to the red States all the time and stuff like that. And I think the fact that he was early on weed has helped him tremendously because mm-hmm. that still yeah. seems like while that issue has grown in popularity, it still feels like a resistance issue. And like pot should disavow Bill Maher at this point. Like it has made him, <laughs> it has allowed him this sort of verification. You know, it's given him the blue pot check. Like people do think, oh, well, he has to be like fighting for the right things. He smokes blunts with Snoop Dogg. And it's like, no, Snoop Dogg voted for fucking Rick Caruso. Like weed has now been co opted. And it is no longer like the resistance yeah, no. that it used to be. Listen, I, I have I have a joint uh, framed and hanging on my. We both have been here. It's like you probably see it when I first moved into this house. I think I had it even before that. And the first time I went into a pharmacy, I had my prescription, and you could actually buy weed legally, and they would make joints for you if like it was your first time in here. We'll give you a free joint, and the joint was perfect. I've never seen anything so beautiful. And I framed it. Uh, I've got a little stupid thing that says "break here in case of emergency." It was funny. In what year was that? <laughs> I mean, two thousand four. Yeah, something. I mean, if you're talking like early on, yeah, it's like right around then. But I was just so boggled because my entire life, you know, and I was like, "Oh, I had friends." You know, here we are in two thousand twenty-three. People are like, "What's that?" I'm like, oh, "I gotta take that down." <laughs> Yeah. Just, well, Cal- smoking weed in California—that's oh, that's that's, that's my sign that says I'm old. Smoking weed in California Sorry. now is like it—it it, it has been the independent grower thing. It's just like California is a great example of how capitalism swallows everything. You cannot find the independent weed growers in California anymore. One of the states that like launched all of this shit. 
And Bill Maher is like yeah. a perfect example. He's like the manifestation of that. Yeah. He also, uh, uh, you know, he, he, the other thing he made his bones on was uh, being an atheist, right? He yeah. did all that. Mm-hmm. But now when he talks about religion, it's mostly just to talk shit about Muslims. Like he yeah. knows who is, he know who he knows who he's courting. He's courting yeah. the right wing Christians. He knows it mm-hmm. or else he wouldn't be doing that. He would hit him on all levels and across the board, but he doesn't. True. True. He yeah. also, well, speaking of religion, he, he goes on. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, well, I was just going to say he had Benjamin Netanyahu on as a satellite guest. And it was one of the craziest <laughs> things. I've ever oh my seen. God. <laughs> it was not recently. Yes, like within the last two and a half months. Oh my god, it was nuts! Uh, Jesus Christ! Well, he he then goes on to a list of a litany of sins that uh, the left yeah. thinks is responsible for. Before we get to the commentary, it's not my fault that the party of FDR and JFK is turning into the party of LOL and WTF. <laughs> Members of Congress tweeting things like cancel rent, cancel mortgage, and no more policing or incarceration, declaring that capitalism is slavery, canceling Lincoln and Dr. Seuss, teaching children they're oppressors and math is racist, making Mr. Potato Head gender neutral, (laughs) and now an emoji for pregnant men. Real. I'm not making it up. You can hear the laughs. You can hear the laugh stoker in there. He's been there. The guy who's got the big Satan belly laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's all such, uh, but, it, but he is, he's playing to an ancient audience, you know? Yeah. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> to an and, audience, and- I'm guessing they know what it is. They just don't know what it stands for. <laughs> I see that. I see that with the kids where they, my granddaughter texts me and says, LOL, I don't know what it means, but it's uh, annoying. But look, he, he also was, you know, he, uh, you know, he came up in the seventies, right? You know, he's probably a teenager in the seventies and mm-hmm. like uh, you get to be an older person and you go, Oh, right. The younger generations don't think like I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a different perspective. And there's two ways you can handle that. Like, I think, you and I, Josh, handle it by going, okay, well, let's hear what they have to say. And, oh, that's interesting. And, oh, I'll try to take that into account and be mm-hmm. – and maybe change the way I talk and things like that. And then there's this, which is just cranky old man screaming that the world is changing. Yeah. And absolutely can't handle it. It is It is so bizarre that this is on television. This is such stuff we saw in – you've seen through the years – uh, of uh, you know as we grew up like you saw these old guys cranky yeah. old men and and now he's the cranky old man the, these things he pointed out are crazy like i don't why would i uh, care about mr fucking potato Head? it's amazing well like, it is who gives it, a shit he he but, but that's what's why, wrong with mr potato Head being gender neutral who gives a shit you, well, you potato. <laughs> that, that, a potato that's what she's they, a potato. They, they're she's a potato a, they're a potato thank, thank <laughs> they're you. a potato oh um, but that's what he, he does he the reason why he's popular with fox news is because he's right there is exactly why because he cherry picks small 
issues and inflates them while minimizing enormous issues and downplaying them. So he's saying he's saying capitalism, slavery, free rent, a a they potato head. And you're just like, well, two of those are actually massively important. You fucking prick. And we should discuss that. (laughs) And instead, he just (laughs) goes, look at the absurdity of all of this stuff that's being talked about. And that's why he's been, that's what Fox News does. Fox News does the doctor yeah, exactly. shit yeah. or yep. all that stuff. And yeah. that's why he plays to them so well. Yeah. And the cancel rent thing, this is during COVID that he's saying this, right? No, this is before. No, this is before. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't. Or is it? But, but either way, a, e- either way, it's, it, I mean, when you talk, I mean, we, when you talk about winning issues. Yeah, this video, before, this, the Prager video, sorry, is from 2017. So it happened oh, okay. before then. Yeah. But, yeah, but again, so. I mean, he, he's but, the guy. But it's he's like. Guy, oh, go ahead, Dave. Well, I was just going to say, like, you make these comments without any. Th- this is the big problem with Bill Maher is that he has no class consciousness. He has no understanding of the socioeconomic things he's talking about. And he just gets mad about them. Well, rent is, is uh, annihilating people. People are paying 50% of their, their income on rent. 70%. A lot of people are, that's not sustainable. And then, you know, uh, the, the, he, he brings up BLM and it's like, Hey dude, black kids are getting fucking shot everywhere and just f- straight up murdered by cops you don't get to just blow that the fuck off and go, they want to abolish a thing. Yeah, right. Cause they're getting fucking killed. They actually want to stop the people who are killing them from killing them. And then there's the debt, the debt thing, which is like, they are essentially, it's like having loan sharks give, give kids college loans. It's no different than loan sharks. And, but so, but, but again, he just throws them out there and makes them sound, oh, you want to can't, you want to cancel debt? You want to, you want to get rid of rent? Yeah. Cause they're being predatorial. Yes. Yeah. He, he also does a lot of the pick yourself up by your own bootstrap shit. Like he, he does, you yeah, know, which is like, yes. which, which happens when it is the, when you are, you know, when you made it in a generation from a few decades ago, it's a lot easier to be like, well, this is how we did it back then. But he is, has no relationship with today's reality. So he's just like, look, you might have to get a couple jobs. You know, he just doesn't he doesn't understand that 40 hours a week doesn't do it. He really doesn't. Yeah. So let's talk about where Bill Maher came from, because he he came up in the 80s comedy boom. The 80s comedy boom was essentially when uh, disco places turned into comedy clubs because all of that generation the the boomers suddenly had a ton of money. They were all on blow. They wanted to go out all night and watch comedy. They were having four and five five shows a fucking night at some of these clubs. San Francisco had like seven clubs in the city itself. Like there was comedy everywhere. You could suck so hard and make a living and get on TV at comedy. That's- so he essentially came up in the easiest era to make it. Yeah so easy and and that helped to fuel this attitude that he has which is it's easy to do you just need to work hard or whatever when he just got carried by the tide of cocaine and laughter essentially and so it's always been this this the thing uh these this generation of comedians very entitled 
very entitled and very think it's a very easy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and he does. And if they had, if he had to, had to start what I did in 90, when all of a sudden there was a recession and no one was going to comedy clubs, he wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Bill Maher would have never made it if he started when I did or when Patton did or, you know, Greg Barrett and all these people. We all started at a time when comedy died. It completely right. crashed. Well, let, let's jump in. I want to play because this is the fun part with these videos. So they open with these clips and then one of their nitwits comes on. And uh, this week we haven't talked about him before. He's, uh, this is the first appearance, I believe, on the show of uh, Dave Rubin <laughs> from the Rubin Report. <laughs> Which I guess, well, he'll tell you a little bit uh, about himself, but uh, yeah, here's uh, here here he is on the subject. Do you believe in free speech? Do you believe that people should be judged by their character, not their skin color? Do you believe in freedom of religion? If you believe these things, you're probably not a progressive. You might think you're a progressive. I used to think I was. My show, The Rubin Report, was originally part of the Progressive Young Turks Network. Progressives uh, struck me as liberals, but louder. Progressives were the nice guys. They looked out for the little guy. They cared about women and minorities. They embraced change. In short, who wouldn't want to be a progressive? But over the last couple of years, the meaning of the word progressive has changed. Progressives used to say, I may disagree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Not anymore. Banning speakers whose opinions you don't agree with from college campuses, that's not progressive. God. Prohibiting any words okay. not approved uh, of as politically you, you get, you Make it stop. Make it stop, also, Josh. That, that's trigger warnings on like books. Th this thing where you create a world that never existed and then argue against it is yeah. just so tiresome. That That's never been a thing. Uh, you know, the beginning of our country, Alexander Hamilton uh, was for the Jay Treaty and people literally stoned him on the street <laughs> with stones. They threw stones at Alexander Hamilton. This thing that they think has been always has not been ever. Uh, people have always tried to shut other people down from saying shit. I mean, Gareth and I have done a, a ton of podcasts about someone coming to speak and then all mm -hmm. the people in the town show up. And and stop oh, them from speaking and cause a riot. Yeah. Like it is the most American thing possible is to cause a riot because someone is saying something you don't like. But the other thing is, is like that's not free speech that he's talking about. Mm -hmm. The free speech is when the government cracks down on it. That is not happening here. What you're getting is people not liking your idea and telling you to shut the fuck up. That's not the same thing. That's their free speech countering your free speech. That's all it is. Yeah, I think that's completely right. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I, I, you know, if you're Bill Maher, I mean, alarm, but like if you like the fact that you're being featured on this website and the Dave Rubin is jumping in for the tag team should just it should be setting off alarm bells that you know again you are the one who is you're the outlier you're the old crotchety shit that you used well, to think you were rebelling against yeah and by the way, i'll say this there, there's a million things where and we've talked about this in the show before too or one of the you know uh, models of argument they use on prager you is you start off with here's some things liberals do that make me crazy and most people would sit there and go, yeah, okay, that's true. And then they just make this great leap. They skip the, they just go to this great leap. Therefore, that's why I became a conservative. Yeah. As though there's the only possible yeah, right, response. Right, go, right, right, right. So, you know, yeah. it's inevitable that every now and then somebody who's, you know, I, I'm surprised they haven't found a 
you know, video of Bernie Sanders. Hell, Hillary Clinton, anybody has said things that they'd be like, yeah, see, even this person thinks this. So, you know, once, twice. But the fact that Bill Maher pops up on this site so often, they are so happy to point to him as like, look, look, this is this is our real progressive things. Even they agree with he us. He should get a cut. Exactly. Exactly. And I just want to play this one thing that, that Ruben says, because it's, oh, my God. Ah, Gareth, I've spent too much time on this <laughs> shit. There is, there is, um, these guys like to talk about Martin Luther King a lot. And as oh, far as they're concerned, Martin Luther <laughs> King only ever said one thing. And oh. Here we go. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream that his children would be judged by their character and not their skin color was a liberal idea. But these days, it's not a progressive ideal. I mean, that sounds... I just, they think that's all they think. That's it. You ask me, what did Martin Luther King do? Oh, well, he uh, he said that uh, we should be judged by the kind of our character that the governor's can. Oh, yeah, cool. Why do you think they shot him? <laughs> that is so <laughs> crazy. You know, the, the war on poverty that he was working on when they killed him. Do you know about I mean, it's just like, yeah, but that is it. That's the one thing. They've got a it kid's really... cartoon about him, and it's like him. Kids go back in time, and he tells them about the content of their character. I mean, it's just like. Uh. Uh, I know it wasn't a liberal idea, you fucking clown. I know that that's the thing that gets me. It was a liberal idea. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that's, I, it's I, not a liberal, liberal idea. Either. No, watching both all two of our sides embrace Martin Luther King Jr. so improperly has become amazing. Yeah. Like it would, it, it just to be able to reanimate him and just give him like one week in government to just get his thoughts because it's <laughs> everything is basically what he was totally opposed to. And the idea that either side is trying to be like, yeah. see, he validates what we want. It's like, man, he would fucking hate you and he would hate yeah. you. And, well, by the way, and, like, and you would hate him the way you, he was wildly unpopular. Wildly unpopular. At the, t- at the time. I, um, I will never forget reading that when Martin Luther King went to do, uh, ha- ha- give a speech in Chicago, people in Iowa were freaking out and arming up because they thought that after the speech, all the black people would come driving to kill them in Iowa. Like that's where they're, it's no different than the trans freak out today, except it was, except it was black people. Like that's, but it was also the same. They, it with BLM. It was, that was happening with BLM too, where they were saying like, they're going to come to our neighborhood next and kill us. And it was just like, Jesus Christ. You need to relax. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move to another one. This is a great one. Uh, I won't even tell you. I don't want to tell you the titles of these because they sort of give away his game. But uh, here's another Bill Maher rant that uh, Prager you loves. Have a little perspective about the stuff we howl about here. I'm sorry your professor said something you didn't like. That won't be a problem with the Taliban because you're not allowed to go to school. In Saudi Arabia... Grown women can be jailed for doing the kind of things we think of as routine without the permission of a male guardian. China rounds you up if you're the wrong religion and puts you in camps. Okay, stop. Have you heard of America? Uh, We are the number one prison nation in the entire world. And who are most of the people in those prisons? Um, we like uh, to put our black people in prisons. Oh, we love to put our, it's the same fucking thing. And guess what? 
Slavery is still legal in prisons. When we got rid of slavery, we just switched it over to the prison system. And the 13th Amendment says prisoners can still be slaves. They are fucking slaves doing good work. Loophole. It's a great loophole. So the insanity of saying anything about China having camps, that's what we have. Well, it's also, it's this terrible, like, it's not even a valid argument. It's like, it's not. my wife complains that uh, I beat her and I go, oh, yeah? Well, Charles Manson murdered Sharon Tate. Yeah, it actually, <laughs> you know what it really is? It's, 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 it's what, it's what the, it's basically the Democrats pitch every four years or every two years, which is eat the smaller bowl of shit. Kind of. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I mean, he's and and the yeah. thing about the thing about handing a baby to the Taliban uh, to say that in America at mm-hmm. a time it, I don't even know when this is recorded, but it doesn't matter if it was just in the past ten years. Now abortion's illegal, but even before yeah. that, you couldn't get an abortion in a lot of states. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? More children in Burkina Faso work than are in school. Only five percent of Burundians have electricity. I, that one. Okay. That one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, dude. That one is, it's so crazy. Why would you? It's like, like, oh, really? Okay. Well, no. Then, then we have it. Great. You know who else has five percent of electricity? Palestinians. Are you talking about that? <laughs> no, Bill I'll have Mark? Benjamin Netanyahu on my show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the homicide rate in Honduras is eight times what it is here. The inflation no. rate in Venezuela. No. Let's talk about why it is that way in Honduras, because we created gangs in America and then we deported them to El Salvador and Honduras and destroyed those countries with violence. We exported weapons and violence. He honestly, when stuff like that is said to him on his show, his mind genuinely breaks. He can't. (laughs) He just is unable to take it. He will be going like, what? What are you talking about? He really will. (laughs) (laughs) is for a role and that's insane like people start well the oh the he's about to do the people starving one it's it's insane i mean he just he like he's not even in like only a rich bubble he's like in a rich hollywood bubble he's in what the the you know the good witch in uh the wizard of oz comes down he's just like the only people starving are doing it for a role it's just, it really is genuinely like, bro, what the fuck By are you way, talking no, about? No, let's, let's get specific and explicit. I live in a rich Hollywood bubble. My wife can walk down the street to go to work at the Hollywood Food Coalition. She can walk there where they have feed 300 people a night who are, I believe the word is starving yeah. in America. Yeah, it's starving. It's, and it's like, there's no excuse, man. He, it's like, there's no excuse. I'm he can't get from wherever the fuck he lives to where he records yeah. this show and not be aware of that I, in this city. But he he's one of the guys who will say shit like a lot of these people want to be there. Like he's that guy. No. Okay, no. well let's let's talk about North Korea because um the reason North Korea is the way it is is because of this country called America. Uh you know, we wanted to stop the the march of communism. Uh so we backed a very right-wing uh, terrible leader in uh, South Korea. We're the one who draw, uh, drew up the, the was the 38th parallel. Uh, we created that fake uh, line. We uh, 
we helped try to assassinate the leader of North Korea, leading to the war between the Koreas and a a forever war, essentially. We also uh, just completely bombed the shit out of the country in a way that uh, every single uh, leader should have been brought up on charges at The Hague. Uh, we are absolutely 100% responsible for North Korea. So when you say North Koreans are starving, look in the mirror, motherfucker. The Philippines in the last five years has put to death 27,000 low-level drug dealers. In North Korea... I love the fact that some of the morons in the audience cheer at that. Low-level drug dealers. In North Korea, people starve to death. The only people who starve here are doing it for a role. <laughs> and the only people who have no water live in California. Stop! It's crazy. Flint, Michigan! No, what is he talking? What is he talking about? How is he that? It's crazy. It really, it, it like, is, what it is, is he, how is he this, it's shocking. It, it is, it's, what's so, what's so vile about it is that, <laughs> that he's doing it for comedic reasons, which mm -hmm. allows the information to just waft over everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. As opposed to it being stopped and being like, this is total horseshit. Which, which, Even the fact that he says California, he's talking about the drought, but we have like a million people in California who don't have water because their wells are dry and their towns don't have water. We have a giant group of people that cannot access he does water. That, he does that all the time, too. He really does. He makes fun of things where you're like, that's actually a genuinely uh, unfortunate situation. But it's also, it's not as if he's doing these amazing jokes that are doing that. They're just right. bad. They're not good They're jokes. Bad jokes. So, he, so it's the worst of both worlds. It is this attitude of fuck you, but the joke doesn't even work. It's just, and it's all, that is basically the whole show is that he, he's no different than the guy uh, who just died. The guy used to sing and play piano in, in DC, uh, Russell, oh, right. whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. He's like that, but without the piano. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no, but he was gentle. Mark. Uh, <laughs> If you think America is irredeemable, turn on the news or get a passport and a ticket on one of those sketchy airlines that puts its web address on the plane. What, what does that mean? There's a reason Afghan mothers are handing their babies to us. I don't okay, know. so hold it's on. Worse. So hold on. There. So hold on. Whatever let, me see, let me see if I can understand yeah. this. I'm going to leave America because I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to uh, Sweden or Denmark or uh, Spain or Portugal where drugs are uh, legal or, hey, even Bolivia where it's socialist and I think I'd enjoy it. I'm going to go to Afghanistan. Is that what I'm to understand? Yeah. And you're going to fly <laughs> on spirit. It's so fucking dumb. And it's the guy so right wing. And the love guy it or leave it. If you don't love it, go to the horrible place. And this, by the way, the the get on the shitty airline and get out of here. Bill Maher did this whole bit recently about how, yeah, I fly private because I can't like this is, again, from a guy who has no, has not been on a commercial flight in a long time. Yeah. I mean, who can blame him? But still, yeah, yeah. that was kind of his point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just so, so, so who do they have commenting? Who do they hold them up to this time? It's, it's the big dog himself. It's Dennis. Ah. And he goes on about traveling the world when he was in college and how much it made him love America, which like just right there, you know, 
I don't. I can. I, can I, someone, I, I, lived can in, I lived in England. I did a year of high school in England. That was not just been worked out. My folks were were academics, and and I got to go and and uh, got to do some time in Europe. And um, you know, uh, I didn't have the experience Dennis did. It was like this shit's great. I wasn't sitting there going, America's terrible. It gave you some perspective that was really interesting and much needed. It's important to see how the rest of the world looks at your country. But I'm always deeply suspicious of people who spend a lot of time away from America, supposedly encountering other people, and come back and just go, wow, just made me realize how much better we are than everybody else. That's never happened. Well, if you're from a, if you're from a right-wing family, I, I, I've never actually looked into where he came from, but you know, you, you, you go around the world – and you just meet other right wingers. Like that's kind of how these things work. If you know people in other places, your father knows someone or whatever, then you're introduced to that I little guess, pocket yeah, of people. Yeah. And, and that's, that's who, you know, but I, I've never understood the concept of loving a country. I love my dogs. I love my wife, my kid. Um, I, I don't give a fuck about my country. Like, okay, I live here. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. love my house. It's a fucking house. I miss my house. It's my house. It's got my stuff in it. I like my stuff. Now you're doing. You know, I like that my friends. I like the fact that my, my friends know where to find me when they want to. You know, it's. But yeah, that's not the same thing. But I I didn't want to play any of Prager except for this end, and it sort of goes off and because he goes on and on about all the wars we've won. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which has very little to do with Bill Barr's right? but it's like, we want this one, we want that one. You're like, okay, yeah, great. But there is one part of it that's just worth calling out and discussing. It eventually became the least racist multiracial country in history. <laughs> what the fuck yes, is I've... he talking about? I just, <laughs> I just can you can you like the <laughs> The level of crazy you have to be to look at to look at America and say that statement is astounding. It's crazy, and and also I live next to the town he lives in. He could not live in a whiter place. Mm. It, it, his place, absolutely- his town is so white. I I bet you he, when he put that in the copy, he was like, "It'll be hard to disprove." <laughs> <laughs> That is so crazy. <laughs> and what's a multiracial country? What is he? Is that a? I mean, it's I, the yeah, melting is pot, right? It's no, I understand that. Yeah, but, but I've I've been to other countries. They have uh, yeah. other ethnicities there. Yeah, but England, England's got a lot of different races. They don't, but they don't view other countries like that. You know, when they when you when they bring up like Sweden, they'll go, "Yeah, but it's all homogenized white people. That's why you can't have healthcare." And it's like it's not though. Like there's a there's been a big large influx of of immigrants. They're inviting people in, and it's it's not as homogenized as you're saying. Like, but they that's how they view when they look at Europe. They see those are the England inside them are Englanders. Over here are the Spain inside them are Spainers. Like Spainers. that's how they're seeing all these people. They don't see it as anything else. They see only right. America like that. God right. Damn. It remains the only white majority country to have ever elected a black leader. And Africans know how good America is, which is why by the 1980s, more black Africans had come to America voluntarily as immigrants seeking freedom and opportunity. I just shit all the blood out of my body. I I just like I want I don't want to be a person anymore because I don't want to be associated with Uh, this person. I, I, I like 
I get you're spinning things. I get you're trying to make right wing arguments, but what you just said is so fucking dumb. I'm surprised your head didn't collapse halfway through. <laughs> It, it's just that bizarre. Yeah, people are coming here because it's great. No, they're coming here. <sighs> Do you want to know how great this country is? Africans are no longer forced to come here. <laughs> how great is this place? <laughs> oh, God. Then ever came as slaves. Does. Does someone need to explain how populations grow to this clown? I, uh, this like absolute like, clown. It's the old, I don't know, it's driving me nuts when people are like, Britney Spears has sold five times as many records as the Beatles. I'm like, there's 50 times as many people on the planet. And, <laughs> and, and also, it's like, like, also, like, yeah, well, like, yeah, I, I know I, that I think now. it was. I think it was Pat Paulson who had the joke of like, I don't want to move out of America because I don't want to be a victim of our foreign policy. Like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, the reason a lot of these people are trying to come here is because we fucking ruin other countries. We ruin them. Just look at Haiti. Like, the shit we do is astounding. And, of course, they want to get out and come here because they're safe from us. Yeah, you'd rather the be behind the be cannon. safe from America. Yeah, yeah get safe inside the walls. The carnage yeah. we have wrought. Yeah. Three, Americans are decent people. Ask visitors what they think of Americans they're likely to tell you how friendly Americans are. There are mean and bad Americans, and there are kind and good people in every country. But having traveled abroad every year of my life since college, and to all 50 American states, and being sensitive to people's goodness and happiness, I have been continually amazed at the essential decency of most Americans. Right. This is anecdotal, and he's lying. Yes, and he's, yeah, lying. he's lying. And he's definitely when I used walk to, into any bar in Ireland, my, I was just what well, I was going to say. When also, I, just just this is coming off of Bill Maher saying everyone's intolerant, right? When I my my whole family's English, and I mean, I remember watching the you know the worm turn on this country in two thousand three, and in a way that we will never get. But most most countries now don't go. I really like Americans. Most countries now are like, what the fuck is going on over there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you go to, uh, the, I remember the first time I went to Australia, everyone was just like, what's happening? What the fuck happened to your country? Like, what? I think what? that's why like, the people dumb- are astounded. They want, they want it explained to them because that's, that's what's why, happening here is so crazy. And that's why we, the dollop is big in Australia is because I think people, it contextualizes the madness that we now just embrace. But there we I fell in love with America at the age of 20 and given the freedom. Yeah the opportunities, the and the religious tolerance I have experienced. I realize all these years later that America has loved me too. I'm Dennis oh, Prager. shut up. <laughs> also, trans people should be stopped. Transgenderism and evil yeah. ideology. Yeah. And uh, I love America. And, Thank you. I'm Dennis Prager. Yeah, and Muslims. Like, what, like, <laughs> what, are, Muslims. You, what are you talking about? God, he's just, like, this that, is the country that was attacking Sikhs after 9-11. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ. Uh, Here's another. Here's another one from Bill. Uh, This one is uh, uh, Bill Maher blasts Gen Z and millennial leftists. Your ideas are stupid. 36% of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try it. 
I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. But it did happen. And there are people around who remember Hold on, it. can you stop it? So the two countries that pulled people out of poverty more than anybody in the history of the world are uh, a country called the USSR and a country called communist China. Nobody, nobody has pulled as many people out of poverty as quickly as those two countries. Now, the people he's talking about are living in borderline poverty and cannot get ahead. So what the fuck does he think they're going to do? Yeah. Because he's saying, he's saying capitalism works. They're saying, no, it doesn't. Well, he's a success story of capitalism. So it's like, right. uh, that's, again, I mean, he, he is, by many metrics, a sociopath. He has no ability <laughs> to actually relate or connect to the reality of most people. He just simply says, yeah. I have a, a big house and a big yard. You can try to do that, too. And he doesn't recognize that there is you know, that that is not possible. He just, he literally hasn't been told yeah. that. Well, he also, and he's got countless videos and, and speeches and hours on the radio in which he explains that um, if it weren't for laws and consequences, men would just be sexually assaulting women all the time. Oh, Prager. If it weren't for laws, Prager says this, yeah, if it weren't for laws, you know, we'd all be murderers. It's, it's like, it does not, he's like, if it weren't for God, you know, God is gives us these rules that we follow, and you're like, no, it's called empathy. You don't understand yeah. that humanity. Yeah, but it's yeah, no, he's it's horrifying. It's genuinely horrifying. They team it. I'm gonna play the rest of this. They team this with a video of uh, Prager again talking about the evils of communism that we actually dissected last week on our episode with Professor Wolf. So you should uh, uh, go back and listen to that one again with Richard Wolf. This, but let's, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, yes. I'm following Richard Wolf. This is this is bad yeah. booking. <laughs> this is really do you want to talk to the booker soon <laughs> the uh but let's hear let's hear from our from dennis prager on uh stupid kids and their stupid ideas 20 percent of gen z agree with the statement society would be better off if all property was owned by the public and managed by the government and another 29 percent say they don't know if that's a good idea here's who does know anyone who wasn't born yesterday I would I'd like to see that survey. I mean, I think a lot of times they're, they're, that is the Prager idea. He thinks that's what socialism is. I don't see anybody actually answering that question in that manner. Do you, have you seen this study? I, I would like to see it. Um, I, Prager's I think, also talking about how, like, with socialism, the government will own everything and you will own nothing. It's like, eh, it's not well, maybe, but I, I do think there is a uh, – there is a – I, 30% to me sounds right. I don't know about the 29, but the, but the, the number of – younger generation people who are simply saying this doesn't work, change everything is oh, that, for sure. Yes. No, enormous. absolutely. No, no, I'm talking about the specific way he's phrased it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it's not true based on, uh, you know, everything else we've heard of him, uh, of how it, he's it framed. It sounds like they ask people now. like, do you think socialism is going to be? And they're like, yeah. And they're going, well, yeah. socialism is about the government taking everything. So 30% of you think that also, I believe the number is higher now. Uh, I'm sure of, it is of, of, of them. Kids who think that uh, socialism is worth a shot. So when you say you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. There is. That I don't yep. get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. No! 
they're throwing in cancel Lincoln. Lincoln. Like, right. Why are we canceling Lincoln? Totally. Look at the yeah. keys. I'll jingle the keys. Is there has there been a cancel Lincoln movement or did there like one person was, tweet it? There probably like, <laughs> Exactly. You know what it's like? It's like when a movie yeah. sucks and they just start throwing up random tweets from people with 34 followers. That's essentially yeah. like he's the cherry picking of like they want to cancel Lincoln. It's like, no, wait, sorry, dude. Wait, so you're telling me they don't they want to get rid of they want to transform the police or get rid of them. They want to get rid of capitalism and cancel link like that is your little like doo-doo. Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, no, when they did the first, uh, the first of the new Star Wars trilogy, and they had cast a woman in the lead. Remember this? And it's like for a month and a half. Oh, yeah. like, oh my god, the fans are an uproar. Trying to be like one kid in his parents' basement. Yeah, right. Put him on CNN. Yeah, right. Right. It was, just, it was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, but I want to go through. There's there's one here. Our, our last one. This we live in an arrogant society, and I actually want to play the whole PragerU video. And uh, so let's let's uh, stop stop when we feel like it, gentlemen, and let's go through this entire thing. But this is this is the model. They start with Bill, and then they slap on one of their own videos. And uh, the commentator in this case is a guy named Victor Davis Hanson. He's a right wing historian, writes about the evils of progressivism and terrorism and so forth. The and- usual. Unlike a lot of the Prager University clouds, he's actually done some stuff. All, all of it bad. Okay, and can we just say like? This is a great use of propaganda. So you find people who are, let's say, center right, and they enjoy Bill Maher, and you put yep. up a Bill Maher video, and then you tag it with the craziest right-wing nonsense, and now you're sucking people into that right-wing world. Yeah. That's what they're doing yeah. with Bill Maher, and that's why Bill Maher is a problem. It's interesting, and I don't know the answer to this, and I wish I did, because every now and then I'll be watching uh, – Someone they'll, they'll talk about on like a YouTube program. They'll be talking about like a Bill Maher thing, something he said. And it's like, we can't show you the video. We can just read you the transcript. I don't know how fair use would seem to cover it, but, but uh, so there they are. But here's Prager U just throwing up all these videos willy nilly without any problem. They've been up for years. I wonder, yeah. mm. I would genuinely like to know if Bill Maher knows about uh, this or his people know about this and they're okay with it or Yeah. Here we go. Why we live in an arrogant society. The way people talk about slavery these days, you'd think it was a uniquely American thing that we invented in 1619. No, okay. specifics. How, how do we talk about slavery that gives you that impression? I, like, what is he talking about? We okay. live in America. We talk about slavery in America because we live with the residual impact of slavery. I don't hear anybody. Have you ever heard anybody claiming that we're the only people who did this that we invented it? Uh, we did it best. Yeah, we yeah because yeah. because Global we did one. because we did do it differently. He he's this is a a right wing point. Uh, so the sixteen nineteen nineteen thing comes out of the sixteen nineteen New York Times project, right? Um, essentially, that's when the first uh, I believe it was like twenty African Americans were brought here or Africa sorry Africans were brought here as slaves. Um, previous to that, the, it was a little bit differently. There were indentured slaves, um, but it wasn't pure total ownership in this way. So we did um, – it's chattel slavery, right? So it, it goes from being a little more, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, murky as far as ownership to absolute ownership to I own your children and your grandchildren and I own – you know what I mean? Like – it yeah, is. but they're, those people that he's saying are claiming America invented it or not, they're pointing out the fact that America just fine-tuned it. 
Yes, but that's ours goes to eleven. Not the same thing as we invented it. Not, but we did invent this version of slavery. That's where the idiots get confused. Does that make sense? Sure. But slavery throughout history has been the rule, not the exception. Being woke is like a magic moral time machine where you judge everybody against what you imagine <laughs> you would have done in 1066 and you always win. The idea I can't, sorry. This is a problem. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Well, the I like this the man, we got to get rid of the word woke. I mean, we got to figure out a way to just like remove it. No, trust at, me, there they're getting rid of it on their own. They're they're obliterating I, I, it. it I, has no I hope because this to the idea that you are now somehow throwing like the woke time machine into slavery judgment is just it it's it's a bridge to Mar. Hey! <laughs> oh my god, he's been sitting on that for an so, hour just, I, just came really to me, Judge. It's so yeah. so look Hey Gareth, bill me later. Oh, you I'm, son of a bitch. I'm going to charge you more than you expected. <laughs> oh, we're coming up with these jokes in real time, folks. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to read something by Kelly Fanto Dietz, who is uh, a lecturer in American studies at the University of Virginia. One would guess Virginia uh, University has an understanding of slavery. The old world slavery was characterized by a more fluid status. The enslaved could own property and legally marry, and their children were not automatically enslaved. Slaves were often criminals or victims of religious wars. More specifically, slavery in Africa was not a life term, nor was it inherited. Old world models were more like an indenture where there was a term of labor to be paid and then freedom would be granted. Nothing, this was nothing like the race-based chattel slavery that grew with the transatlantic trade, which guaranteed a lifetime term and further enslavement of one's children. So our slavery, more, far more race-based as opposed to uh, socioeconomic-based uh, religion, criminal, you know what I mean? Mm. And violent too, right? I mean, it would be like the wildly violent. The level of violence uh, administered is just also off the charts. Well, once you owned them, you could just kill them. Yeah, that's well, and it would be like message killings, you know, of like, yeah, you do this, we cut your arm or whatever, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Presentism. Yeah, this professor is right. It's just a way to congratulate yourself about being better than George Washington because you have a gay friend and he didn't. No, that's not it's, presentism. And, and it's a thing. And I, I get driven crazy. There's, there's an element in which, yeah, you need to judge people from the era, you know, where they grew up, how they were raised. You, you what is it? A couple of years ago, I remember Morgan Freeman got in some trouble because he was lately flirting with a woman, you know, a 25 year old woman who was interviewing him uh, for the press. And I remember hearing it and I was like, he's a 75 year old black man from this South. Right. If Chris Pine did what she did, it would be like, yeah, he should know better. This is a guy who spent most of it. This is like just how it's like, be a little, you know, give a little, huh? Give a little. But, but he's not sitting there owning slaves. (laughs) We knew owning slaves. People did. We may not have. Had we been around then, yes, we very well could have. But people knew it was fucking Well, wrong. people were against it. There was a, yeah, <laughs> so I'm saying there was an entire yeah. abolition movement against yeah. it. There, it there's, it's not, there's yeah. like the- that's, that's, 
that that's sort of the key to what he's saying here is that he he's sort of, it's twisting what this means and right it's 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 washing away all of the people who were saying slavery was wrong of which there were many fucking people like it's not like the abolition movement was small there were a lot of people we from the beginning saying over. no to slavery yeah yeah uh, aaron burr aaron burr was like hey we shouldn't have slaves and tried to put it in the 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 new york constitution like this was this wasn't uh, like some crazy idea that was out there and when but, you present it like this, now you're fucking lying. Can we just yeah. can we just the issue with George Washington is not that he was homophobic. Can we just right. be honest though at how nice it is to finally see someone not hold the argument that if I were around in that era I wouldn't have slaves to see a guy be like if I was around in that era I would absolutely be a slave owner. <laughs> <laughs> refreshing. Yeah. Refreshing. Well, Prager's got a Prager's got a great video where he points out that um, um, there are plenty of really there's slave owners who are really nice people. There you go. Do you know what Bill Maher? You know what Bill Maher is? Bill Maher is an AM radio guy. Uh, in in AM radio, uh, you're taught to just pick an argument and make it as strong as you can, whether you believe in it or not. Right. And that's essentially what he's doing. He's just driving into these arguments, which are just so simplistic and stupid. And that's why Prager loves it. Cause it's yeah. the simplicity yeah. and stupidity of it. And, and he's just going full bore into it with this attitude that I'm right and condescending. And it's very yeah. AM radio. Yeah. And it doesn't obliterate any real conversation about a real thing. Cause it is, it's like people do have to be a little more. My grandfather worked at a life insurance company. This was in the fifties. And he actually worked. He put his job on the line, and he worked to uh, get them to hire black employees of the company, like actual insurance people, not janitors, to actually like, you know, give these folks real jobs that that were meaningful and so forth. And it it cost him, you know, and it was it was a ballsy move at a time when that kind of thing could really screw up your life. And to the day he died, my grandfather would happily sit you down for half an hour and explain how the light skinned ones are smarter than the black skin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, today yeah. that's a problem in 1950, you know, you go, yeah, let's balance it against what you actually did, the culture he lived in. And the fact that, you know, he did this amazing ballsy thing that, you know, you would just for inflation, uh, you know, none of us would have the courage to do it's like that's presentism is just like writing that guy off. Yeah. Of, shit that he believed he was 80 but you know presentism is not going uh, the founding fathers were kind of ghouls yeah that i mean that's the other thing is like yeah completely i think (laughs) that's just we've normalized that you've normalized that so much now that they are these geniuses and that there were these amazing thinkers and they were ahead of their time and all that and it's just like that's just not the case i mean these were like awful fuck a lot of them were awful had awful practices yeah. did awful things and you actually see you know the fruits of that today in many many ways you know yeah and in fact we did an episode two weeks ago with jared yates sexton all about jesus the founding christ how, how am so. i on this show <laughs> What is happening? We like to. It's like uh, a, Cornel it's, West dropped out at the last minute. We were like, "Oh my god, where can we find that?" Crazy. We, cra- it, we go up and down. We go up and down. It's really bad booking. It's not. I don't know yeah. what you're going for. Yeah. After you, you, there'll be someone is, really. Is good. this just like a prank on me? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Or, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but.
But if he was alive today, he would too. And if you weren't alive, if you were alive then, you wouldn't. Every generation, none more than our own, suffers from a pernicious presentism. The arrogance that those now alive have created the most prosperous period in history. The result is that too often we judge a materially poorer past by the same contemporary standards of an affluent and leisured present. Those who study history can avoid these fallacies. Aside from the fact that the present is the beneficiary. Say, boys, don't you two have another podcast? <laughs> the, the it, fact, where you kind of study history? The fact that it's, it's so crazy to me that it, what he calls the present, for whom? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that right there, that just sums it all up. Like, so you're going yeah. into this telling me that everyone has a leisurely and affluent present life. Mm-hmm. Right, should we go to Walmart or Amazon and talk to the people who work there? What about the people in factories whose just fucking arms are getting cut off? I mean, and it's horrifying what's happening out there to the worker. And it always has been horrifying what's happening to the worker. And also, I think that, okay, let's let's say, let's let's grant the, okay, let's say yes. Presentism is, is what we're experiencing. Wouldn't it be better to have a society of people afraid of how the future is going to judge them when they look back versus just be like, hey, do whatever, and we can blame it on the era? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make yeah. sure. You know? I mean, Did Richard but, Wolf say anything they, that awesome? It's always, <laughs> but, I mean, it's always been this, and it's, yeah. it's always there's always been that thing of looking back. and like, You know, I, Harlan, Harlan Nelson said to me once, sort of towards the end of his life, he said, we are trying to build a future in which the people who come after us look at us and think we were monsters. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Perfect. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know, you know on our past podcast, evolution. on our past podcast, you brought this up and that's like the West wing was, was horribly misogynistic and people will say, that's just the way it is. And no, it wasn't in 2000. That's not just the way. Yeah, it well, was. that's the way it was way back when in 2002. <laughs> yeah. N- not at all. Like that was, that was, people gave him a pass, but you can't look back and go, yeah, nah, that's what, yeah. no, like some things. Some things you can like the the example of your your grandfather like okay, uh, but there's there's like George Washington, like we brought up before, re- resets the clock on his slaves when they should have been freed by taking them out of state. Yeah. Like right. he knew what he was doing. He he. There are things you don't give them a pass for, and there are things you do. Like it's this is just a giant broom. Like nope, it's all fine because you can't. It's basically saying you can't judge anybody from the past, Ever. which is absolutely not true. Yeah. Can we judge right. Hitler? Can we? I mean, he. Dave, it was a different time. Did people it was, know it was a different time. <laughs> you're you're not listening. Every you, look, we. He. Do you think he'd do that now? Come on. Theory <laughs> of the accumulated intellectual, moral, and scientific contributions of the past. Proper knowledge of the hardship of prior ages teaches us the value of humility. To take just one possible example, it might be an easy thing to chronicle what seems to us prejudices recorded among the wagoneers on the Oregon Trail in the 1840s. It is quite another to imagine how the trailblazers struggled to survive one more day in an age without effective medicines, labor-saving machines, or adequate shelter. Studying history also... Conf- so, 
So like the people who are in those giant uh, uh, immigrant caravans coming up from. Uh, it's different. The, uh, Sorry, Central I'm going to jump in. It's different. Uh, Come on. It's different. Who literally can't can't get medicine and are being attacked by towns that they go through. And that's like, not as admirable as what these it. Oregon trail. So all the exact same things, basically. Okay. <laughs> Again, it's this white perspective of like in America, everything is totally normal and fine. Yeah. I have it fine, but this is still going on for people all over the world. People are trying is, to get out of the situation they're it, in it, and get somewhere else. And it's very hard. And by the way, I bet he's not going to talk about how sexist those people were in those caravans. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. amazing. It, it really is astounding to watch him be like, our, fa- our four people from a, the 1800 in this country were amazing. And you're just like, well, that story is playing out in a lot of other places. Well, that's not amazing. They're a problem. Get them, keep them away from us. Studying history also confers much needed perspective. It's neither fair nor wise to attempt to apply the moral standards of today to, say, the far more deadly 17th century, when life, in the words of English philosopher Thomas Hobbes, was solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. Stop. Doesn't that That's sum up what's happening? People. Yes. This is America. I mean— yeah. You know, I was in Italy a little while ago, and one thing that struck me is every Saturday and Friday night, the whole town goes to the town square and hangs out. We don't have that in America. We are purely solitary, living a brutal existence, trying to get by. Everyone has no fucking money. Like, he just he just described what's happening. It, it depends where you live, right? But even saying this, like, so you don't know what's going on in America at all. You don't know how many people are actually literally. The poverty level is insane here. The COVID-19 pandemic seems to many like a public health crisis without precedent. Until we take time to learn of the global outbreak of the H1N1 influenza virus in 1918. The Spanish flu killed nearly 600,000 Americans in a nation of 100 million with a worldwide toll of perhaps 50 million dead. And yet our nation and planet survived and learned from it. Okay. <laughs> we, <know. laughs> we definitely did. Why you lost. He uh, kind of lost me. Uh, almost have it. That's all it. Man. What did what we learn? <laughs> what have we learned? <laughs> what is he doing? Did he just need more time to get paid? I don't know. Is he stretching? <laughs> It's such a weird thing to bring up other uh, pandemics because they're not the same because, you know, that one you could get immunity to this one. You can't. So the, mm-hmm. the, it would be like, maybe it's a little bit more like HIV in, in that, you know, you, you, you don't get it once and then you're fine. Like things change after that. Like it's anytime someone compares COVID to the flu, you can completely ignore them because they're, they're they're an idiot. I mean, yeah. that's just a dumb, dumb person. So this guy's whatever ideology he's pushing, which we know, right there, he just shot himself in the foot because it's dumb. <laughs> One of the ways that I used to endure the tedium, dust, and noise of tractor driving was to remember that my farming grandfather covered the same ground with a team of horses. It took him two days of backbreaking labor to cultivate four acres of land. I could do it in an hour sitting down what's happening right now 
Well, uh, it's like every time I have to remember my friend Dave's name to call him on my phone. I remember the days when I had to use to remember his phone number as well. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, what? <laughs> but also, like he, you could you could go back and go. He, you know, and before that, his his great 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 grandfather would you know do it with uh, on his hands and feet. Like it's it's just fucking yeah yeah. It's, it's again, it's more evolution. Okay. Yeah. Technological advances have made some things easier. It's just dumb. But while technology improves, human nature does not. That means we have, if we bother to look, a timeless connection to those who went before us. Their struggle to make sense of life is our struggle. In this regard, there's still much to learn from King David, the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, or Elizabeth I. And we can draw strength and courage when all seems lost from inspirational figures like George Washington, Frederick Douglass, or the Wright brothers. <laughs> what is it? Honestly. What? Well, no, hold on, guys. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm certain. I'm, I'm kind of with him on this. Uh, the Wright brothers, I, I can really draw inspiration from. Frederick Douglass, yeah, the guys who invented the plane. Keep going back to. <laughs> they love Frederick Douglass too. They keep bringing up, yeah. they keep acting like it's all cartoon, you know, where we, yeah. we talked about where they keep acting like he was just this gentle soul who worked from within the system to well, slowly over the course of many generations. They, they never mentioned the fact that like he probably beat his last owner half to death. And, well, they um, um, violated many laws. I mean, it's it, he's yeah. like, uh, he's like Martin Luther King to them yeah, and, exactly. because for a long yeah. time he did preach nonviolence, but then when the civil war came along, he was like, yeah, let's go baby. Yeah. Yep. Finally, the study of history teaches to value caution over certainty. We should avoid making judgments about who's good and who's bad as if we were watching a morality tale in the present. Crazy. Crazy. So I mean, that all is so- this does is to it doesn't it just it just services people who were bad. Yeah. It, that's all, it, that's yeah. all this does. You're yes. not. Yeah. Yeah. It, it allows you, it, it, yeah. I mean, it just allows you to, I mean, again, it's like it, it gives you the leash to be a prick, essentially. Yeah. And it brings me back to my point. If we had, after the, uh, the Civil War, enslaved all of the slave owners mm. and then, you know, it just made them slaves until they all died off, then we'd be in a better place. Wow. I didn't, I've never heard that theory. It's pretty good. I, I'm sure Leonard Skinner would have something to say about that. <laughs> Major historical players like Julius Caesar, Robert E. Lee, and Napoleon were complex men who at points in their lives did some good things. That these efforts ultimately led to bad outcomes. <laughs> What is he? What's happening? I, it can, it's like even someone just, at Prager must well, even be like, we should stop filming. <laughs> just the audience. One time Adolf Hitler helped a little old little blind lady cross the road. Yeah. I feel like Napoleon he, made great salads. Is he? Is I feel like he's the writer of Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ever? Want to be like, no, Robert E. Lee was pretty cool. He yeah. did some okay stuff. <laughs> yeah. Napoleon, it's fucking Napoleon, man. Like, what are you talking? Why? I mean, I'm you know they had to they had a conversation about Hitler. They had to have in this. <laughs> yeah. They've been like, I want to do Hitler because he came up We've with the Volkswagen. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no way they didn't. 
I'm sure they had a whole list of these guys of who who who's a really bad person that we could say had Genghis Khan. If he were around today, would probably be. uh, (laughs) He invented the pool. Which is weird because Prager himself, the man which this uh, esteemed learning uh, institution is named after, is constantly going on about pure evil. Yes. Now this is evil and that is evil and the left is evil. And then here he is clearly he's slapping his name on this video where this guy is going like. <sighs> that these efforts ultimately led to bad outcomes made far worse by their own outsized talents is one of the many tragedies of history. So why study history? Nobel Prize winning American novelist William Faulkner summed it up as well as anyone. The past is not dead. In fact, it's not even past. I'm Victor Davis Hansen, senior historian at the Hoover Institution at Stanford for Prager University. Let's talk about the Hoover Institution at Stanford. Uh, it is uh, where Reagan's brain lived. Uh, they are, uh, that, that's where, you know, all of Reagan's ideas, uh, he, that was his think tank that's where all the shit came from. They are the most right-wing abhorrent monsters. They are the ones who created our COVID policy of let it run. Let it fucking have at it. Uh, we're living in their COVID world. It's not going well. They are they're about as bad as it gets. I don't know though, but then you hear a guy like but then you hear a guy like this speak and you sort of you get to hear the other side and I, I kind of <laughs> that, I mean that that me. was just a video which you know again this is why Bill Maher's a problem because Bill Maher says what he says and then a guy a professor like guy comes on and goes that's right we should not uh, critique people from the past no matter how bad they and are and then but then and then that also what that does is I mean it's it's essentially it's essentially what the uh, Democrats' uh, concept was in order to beat Trump was then Bill Maher goes oh well the heat's over here now so I'll keep kind of going towards that light a little bit more and one hand washes the other and then Bill Maher is still considered a Democrat yeah you know and the audience is still laughing at these jokes like you know it just it continues it it does definitely feel like you know, in a marriage where the person cheating is telling the one who didn't do anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you're, you're, uh, years into this, right, Gareth? I mean, you've been, you've been watching him ever since the, like how long, how long have you been watching his show? Um, I really don't even know. I mean, probably, uh, you know, probably since around 2000, nine or 10 is really when I started, you know, because there was a time where I thought Bill Maher made sense. I mean, he, you know, he got me with pot. He got me with atheism. You know, those things were outliers. And those to me were like, oh, yeah, well, this guy makes sense. And and again, it was a lot easier to sell at least me on the Democrats, uh, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah, and then it just has. I I don't know fully when it became a cartoon to me, but that you know, it's been. I I mean, slowly but surely. But now it is like I probably took a little bit of a break where he was kind of losing me, but then he's gone so far in the other direction now right. that I find it really comical. I mean, the way that truly the way that he gets this audience to react to him. I watched him berate audiences booing his material, not laughing at his material, 
disagreeing with his material for a long time. And it was actually one of the things that I kind of respected about him a little bit was that he would he didn't seem to screen these people. And now he clearly does. Yeah, it's very clear that you uh, need to find him right, yeah. funny, poignant, brilliant. Even the guests he has on are you know for the most part you're all you you just you know you go oh of course of course that guy you know is on here that msnbc contributor or that you know candace owens whatever it is like he benjamin netanyahu you know um he he definitely handpicks people who he thinks are going to fit more into his argument versus not and when and when he has people who maybe don't fit into his argument, he makes sure he has another, you know, good cop sitting next mm-hmm. to him to berate that person into seeming incorrect or seeming crazy, right. you know. Uh, yeah, I have not been able to watch him for a long time. Um, uh, you don't have TiVo? <laughs> <laughs> just can't do it. Can't, no can't do it. Um, I don't remember when he just finally just said he, yeah. he got it's to a hate way watch too for much me. for me. Um, and I remember religiously in the film, and it started sort of tickling me. I just felt this little tickling. I was like, there's something, you know, as an atheist, agnostic, whatever the hell, um, you know, it's not like I was being challenged or confronted or having my views attacked by that film. But there's something the way he did it that started making me a little bit uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's not a good movie. Yeah. It's interesting the way that whole movement has become as ugly as it has. Uh, and, he, um, he was always, he was, that movie was just very condescending and dickish. Yeah. You know, and it's like there, there is that notion yeah. and, and his approach now, it's, his approach now to atheism is what bothered me about religion prior to that mm-hmm. was the 100 percentism. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me is where, you know, it always kind of loses me when Bill Maher tells me he's a hundred percent. He, you know, again, I mean, I, first of all, the dude should take more mushrooms, but <laughs> you, you know, I'm like there, you cannot tell me what happens. There's just nobody who I think can tell me exactly what this little odd situation is. You know, there's nobody. Right. And Bill Maher vilifies religion for what he seems to also do all the time. Yeah, and it's it takes it takes the focus off the problem, which is people imposing uh, religious doctrine on you. Yeah, right. Um, what we all have weird freaking yes. beliefs. We all tell ourselves strange things to to get up in the morning to go to bed at night. And it's like if you're not doing bad things to people, or if you're not trying to force other people to think that way, who cares what you you know believe in this this you know? And I know people like this, and they are just they just have nothing but contempt for people who believe in some kind of supernatural worldview and it's just like well, who, who cares you know so uh yeah how about that hey how about that moron yeah. martin luther king That's boy you would yeah. you would have put that imbecile in his place right you know it's, it's just, <laughs> yeah right, what's the right, point yeah. you know what is what is the point of it it's yeah. it's a uh, ron reagan jr does those ads for his atheist group and it's just like he's so damn smug in them and i'm like wait a minute i agree with you you, you prick and it's like you make, <laughs> you, to, you make me want to go to church <laughs> It's just, uh, I don't know. Um, well, Gareth, man, thank you for uh, for uh, coming on this journey with us. Thank you. It's I didn't think we could find a living thank expert. You. This on was an Bill honor. Mar, so it was nice to find one so close to home. You got one That's- right here. I really <laughs> just 
I st- and you know what's crazy? I will still watch this week's episode when I'm home. I'll watch it when I get back. Good morning, class. Good morning, Professor Gender Today we're learning all about socialism, deviant sex, and devil worship. Yay! And how cool it is. Hail Satan! But I want to learn about Jesus! Timmy, science fiction is next week. If you finally had enough of hippie college left wing fluff, get yourself a real degree from Prager University. Good news, class. Bill Gates is here to give everyone free vaccine. Science is a commie plot. Our professors can't be bought. All textbooks are Soros free at Prager University. My pronouns are he and him. No more guilt, no more blame, no more hetero white male shame, no apes on your family tree at Prager University. We want to thank our incredible support team, uh, Brian Ciano, our free floating agent of chaos, a.k.a. research guy. And also Colin McCoy, who does all of our music. You can also find him. He out there in music world. He is known as Diesel Boots.